Sorry, yeah. So, no, also, okay. if, you are, if you are still listening, you need to reconsider your time management skills. <laughs> if you have work, like, what are, what are you going to do? You're just sitting there well, at work. Like... You need to reconsider your productivity then. Yeah, geez, what, are you being pay- what are you being paid for? Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby. It's a sunny day here in Johannesburg. I'm Adam, uh, coming to you semi-live, but it's not a sunny day across South Africa due to many, many reasons that we're going to discuss. Uh, I'm joined here by Ben in Mauritius. Ben, how are you? I'm well in you, Adam. It's a sunny day here as well, in case you're wondering. But but not a sunny day, though. We, we were it is a very... Well, yeah, I would say... Most people who follow rugby in Mauritius, I'd say, are predominantly South African fans. So, yeah, but I, I don't think the, the national pride is tied to the Springboks. So, yeah, I, I would say, an, on average, Mauritians are happier than South Africans today. Yeah. What, what is Mauritian national pride tied to? Be? I don't know, like... Um, it's a good wave. A friendly tax yeah, No, no, no. There aren't, wa- there aren't waves here. It's not like a, it's not like a surfing destination. There is like one surfing spot, but apparently, it's controlled by like a gang. And if you go surf their <laughs> waves, they like attack you. And you know, it's just really weird. Like some guy was talking about it the other day, and he was like, the the gang they noticed the white shorts apparently. Like like so I, I haven't. So you've got to wear white bodies when you go surf there, just to sort of fit in. No, but no, but, uh, and then, like, if you try surf their waves, they attack you. But apparently, this is relatively common practice in the surfing community. That, like, a gang sort of controls a break, or, I oh, don't know, I don't surf, so it's. Look, it doesn't really affect all my, me. All my knowledge comes from Point Break, and that seems to fit in. There's almost that one surf gang that beats up Keanu Reeves for surfing their beach. Yeah. Yeah, so that that seems to that seems to happen anyway. Well, that's uh, that's Alex. He's there. How how are you, Alex? <laughs> Alex. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's gone. He'll be back. <laughs> that's Matt. How's it, Matt? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Uh, I just heard a dog bark in the background. I don't know if it's is that your dog? It's yeah. It's. My mother's little dog. Uh, are those uh, damn skater pla- I'm recording from their place again. Are those damn skater kids? Um, I don't know what's... I don't know. I can't see the street. I've got the windows closed. But, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Alex, we're not quite sure where he is. Uh, I assume he'll he be back. He just sent a message now on WhatsApp saying he ran out of electricity. What? Oh. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, may- maybe he'll come back on on his phone, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think he says ran out, so I think it's he's hopefully he can put, buy online quickly. Yeah, that, that's quite funny. Okay, Alex, Alex will join us shortly, uh, one way or the other. And also, you've just seen the perils of pay-as-you-go electricity. Um, there's oh, n- Adam, there's nothing wrong with pay-as-you-go electricity. I don't dig it. I don't dig do, do you know what I like? Okay, obviously it's a bit of a chore, but do you know what I like? When you go, when you like leave your house, you can actually, you can just cut your electricity down to like zero. You just kind of empty your fridge. Mm. And then, because I, I kind of feel you always just sapping electricity wherever you like, even if you're not in your house. So pay yeah. as you go lets you actually control that better. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's a thing in Mauritius though. Uh, I, haven't been, right. I haven't been given the option of pay as you go electricity. 
All right, let's let's uh, get 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 into the news before we can get into the. In George, it's mandatory. Everyone's on pay to go. Okay, well that's good to know. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's gonna that's gonna help in pub quiz tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's gonna help in pub quiz. Let's. Uh, all right, let's get let's get straight into the news, and then we're gonna just get into the internationals that uh, took place over the weekend. Our last thing will be South Africa versus England for very obvious reasons. Uh, the first though, first piece of news linked to that. Um, uh, Starlock, Ibn Edsmith, his tour may be over. The 27-year-old, he limped off just uh, two minutes into the second half after the box loss uh, at Twickenham. Erasmus said he was definitely not starter for next weekend's clash with France and was not optimistic about the remainder of the tour uh, for the lock. Um, he's also had a pretty pretty bad year. Uh, I guess this is why maybe Rassi saw the future. That's why he picked 5 million locks to bring with him. Yo. When, when, when Evan got injured, I was like, well, thank God Rassi brought so many locks. Like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, but, yeah, obviously, it's a big, it's a blow, but yeah. I don't think he, Evan is very good, but he's not unique, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's our best four, but we have, uh, the drop-off is we've, not that bad. Really. Yeah, we've yeah. got like 80% Evan replacements. I mean, Pretty much. Not, Even 90 not, and, and in some ways, I think someone like Ochia brings something, because obviously he isn't as strong, as strong in the contact, but he's still strong in contact. Like, he'll still knock guys over and stuff. But he, he's got nice little soft hands and stuff, so so I don't think it's a, yeah, I, I don't think it's a massive loss. Say someone like um, Marks or... She maybe not Marks at the moment. She's yeah. in my bad no, that's, that's That's a bold... <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, so someone like um, the 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 positions we are a lot weaker in. Say fullback, for example, in the centres we're not exactly stacked as well. So yeah, but also I feel a bit shit for him because he was injured mm. recently as because he's just kind of overcome all that shoulder stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was with the Super Rugby. He came back just before Super Rugby. Okay, but also when he got injured, how bored was Super his Rugby, exit rugby Championship? Sorry, I meant yeah. rugby championship, not yeah. super rugby. Sorry, yeah. wrong slipping my. How, how baller was Evans' exit though? Like limping around the field, he's like, "Oh fuck, I need to get off. I need to stop play. What I'll do? Just hold the guy up. Bad, yeah. one-legged, dominating, <laughs> badass. Quality. Good job, Evan. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, to quickly put on my ant hat, hopefully they caught up Jean-Luc Dupre. So uh, I think that seems to be. Well, maybe we'll get. No, we'll get, we'll get into that. We're gonna see like some random lock get called up from like the middle <laughs> of no property. He's got to keep his lock numbers up. He's yeah. actually no. Is no, but Evan Evan's not entirely out for the whole tour. He's just out for mm, next. Yeah, he's a maybe. He, he's a yeah, maybe. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so I'm back, guys. I'm back. Sorry uh, about that. Hey, no, no, no worries. We were just lamenting. I, I, I was lamenting. Pays to go electricity. Adam's anti-pay-as-you-go electricity, me and Matt are pro-pay-as-you-go electricity. Alex, where yeah. do you stand on the subject? Um, I've recently uh, reversed my stance on it. Um, as of this morning, I'm no longer pro-pay-as-you-go electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Due to yeah. recent circumstances. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely do favor it because I think it helps to keep track of your household expenses a lot better. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. What, do you, what are your arguments against, Adam? I don't, didn't really go into it. I just uh, oh. the, the fact that you ran out of electricity is just. And I've had, I've had personally bad experiences. Don't want to get too much. Into okay. It. okay. Oh no, fair enough. Sorry, I didn't mean to reopen those wounds. <laughs> uh, 
but well, moving on, moving on in terms of the news, Ireland's coach Joe Schmidt, he's going to make a decision on his future by the end of November. The 53-year-old, uh, the first Irish team coach to mastermind a win over the Blacks, has told the Irish Rugby Union he would let them know his plans by the new year. But Schmidt has now brought the deadline forward to provide clarity for himself and his, and his employers. It's an open quote. It's one of those things where you've just got to sit down with family in particular and make a decision that is the right one for all of us, he told reporters before Ireland's uh, match with Italy in Chicago. You can't let it linger for two reasons, really. Firstly, because if I'm staying, I want the clarity that brings. And secondly, if I'm not going to stay, I want clarity for the IRFU because half the job is what gets done under your watch and the other half of the job is how you leave it for the next person to pick up. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, the Irish Independent, so it's, this it's, comes from stuff, sorry, the final bits. The Irish Independent speculated yeah. that Schmidt may well be tempted to extend a stay in Ireland, although he has been away from New Zealand for 11 year, years in his mind for all of his family uh, back there. Hang on, so is, when is his contract expiring? Uh, I think it's uh, end of the World Cup and a massive guess. Okay. Let me just see if I can find it here. That seems a so bit it, premature. So he, like, is, is he angling for like a pay raise or something? Yeah, is he is he trying to? I, I know how this game works. Yeah, you yeah, just go to them and say, mm, "I'm thinking about quitting just to bump up your pay." Yeah, it's a, it's a, exactly. It's like a this feels like a like a bit of a wildcat strike over here. It's, yeah, a, it's a bit of a shakedown. Just, yeah, what's this all about? That's that's really weird. No, no, but, but but so his contract's obviously till the end of the World Cup, and then this decision will be like if he stays on after the World Cup. Yeah, but like, why why would they want him to make that that call now? Because either he says he's not going until he, he is going at the end of the World Cup, which then creates like this really bad environment for the World Cup, um, because he's you know the coach is ditching them as soon as they're done basically. <laughs> So no sense yeah. uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Oh, look, it depends on the man himself. I mean, but then I mean, I, either many... that or, or he says, yeah, he's definitely staying after the World Cup. But then they're like, okay, well then, you know, your how you perform isn't really like that kind of important in terms of contract. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, surely it's not his choice if he's staying after the World Cup. Yeah. You know, say like Ireland have done well, even though I feel they are riding this win against the All Blacks a bit. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, if they if they tank in the World Cup, like he's got to be on the chopping block. Like that's that's how your job as a coach works. You basically build yeah. to the World Cup. I would think so. Like I don't know. It just seems weird that they've given him so much like respect and power that he can basically be like, yeah, let me think about it. And I'll I'll decide who the next coach of Ireland will be if it's me or not. Whereas if you would have thought they would have gone to him and said, right, Joe. As soon as the World Cup ends, we'll give you a week's holiday, and then we want we're on a scheduled meeting for you at the IRU head offices, and we're going to discuss the future based on the World Cup. It just seems weird. Yeah. Um, but so he's been out of New Zealand for eleven years. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know, like his family dynamic, if he has wife, kids, whatever. But surely he's settled in Ireland at this point. I don't think I don't think he's been flying in from Christchurch every week for uh, the last eleven years. I reckon maybe. Do you think this is just? Do you think this is maybe just um, conspiracy-minded to say to get himself on in on, on New Zealand rugby's radar? That's what I was saying. Say. Look, guys, yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm tempted to come home. I've been away from home for too long. <laughs> I'm tempted to come home. How about you ditch Hansen after the World Cup? Yeah. Bring on. <laughs> Bring on, bring on Joe Smith, who's likely to win a World Cup with Ireland. Yeah, this, that's, that's this my time. line of thinking. That's only one reason. That's the only reason I think he'd want to go back to New Zealand. I mean, yes, family, etc. But from a, a professional perspective, 
maybe he wants to be the next All Blacks coach. Yeah, but, but surely his family is settled in Ireland at this point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know but, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. And it just seems weird. Like, uh, for me, it's just the timing. Like, even if he is making a play for the All Black coach, you'd think you'd still think you'd want to wait until after the World Cup, because Hansen presumably is not going to have that conversation with the New Zealand Rugby Union until after the World Cup. No, but so he's he got to get he's got to get his name he's got to get his name in the sort in of the in, the, yeah. in the conversation, and it's now not a bad time necessarily to plant the word, sort of incept the word Joe Smith. To be into, honest, I, I, no, no, yeah, but he's, would he's, be, he's doing be more than that. If... Because he, he's committing, right? He's committing now in November. So it, there's no good incepting your mind into the New Zealand Rugby Union's, you know, brains trust in, in November of 2018. And then in December of 2018, you commit to another four-year contract with, like, Ireland. And then they they roll around into the World Cup and say, oh, Joe, we really wanted you for the post-Hanson era. Just think uh, how long it takes. How long it takes. Also think how New Zealand picks players on like two seasons ago's form. It was probably not on that time scale. It was probably just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but you'll be locked down into a contract. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna look. People pull the curtain into, down on, on Alex, this one. People have been locked into contracts. Yeah, no, that's true. It's not worth the papers. Written before we before we move on, can I just point out that? Um, South Africa's just bowled Australia out for 152. Excellent. Yeah, I saw that. Stay in the game. Or yeah, yeah. One so day. one day. Yeah, because our batting line is pretty weak. But that's a discussion for, for another day. Uh, something that is up for discussion. Sam's our boss, Annie Marinos. He warns that don't hurt the rugby championship to build the World League. That's also from Stuff. Uh, Marinos has raised a number of questions about World Rugby's plans for World League, warning national unions against any move that would hurt the rugby championship. The World League will be a hot topic in World Rugby meetings in November when rugby bosses meet to plot the game's future. But Marinos said he needed to see more detail before he was convinced about its merits. Open quote. There's a fit, fair bit of work to do. I'm spelling error there. But Marinos told stuff. At this stage, this World League has been a national union agenda rather than a Sanzar agenda that's been driven. We still anticipate having a full round of rugby championship because that's obviously what drives enormous value in our markets and the rest of the world. We certainly wouldn't want to see a detraction from those test matches because currently... That's where a significant amount of our value sits. Value is money. The World Rugby idea yeah, has really generated a lot of discussion since it was first raised by World Rugby Vice Chairman August, Augustin Pichot in uh, September. Cash challenge national unions have been quick to warm up to the concept because in theory it could increase broadcasting revenues. However, Marinos pointed out to the complexities involved, especially in establishing a meaningful competition when test sides play a different number of tests into both hemispheres. To open quote, the big challenge is we've currently got six teams playing the six nations and four teams playing the rugby championship, he said. Until you get a balance in those two test windows outside of June, November, it's pretty difficult to get a final competition format that has any integrity. It's quite rich if I'm using the word integrity about competitions because not everybody will play the same number of games. Uh, like many observers, Marinos is waiting to see more details uh, about the World League. And then he also just went on to say about Santos is in discussions about, future, about Super Rugby and the rugby championship beyond 2020. And he believes the future of the J- Japan-based franchise World Sunwolves has been in doubt due to, to poor performances since 2016. But Marinos is cautioning optimistic about their progress. So, um, just I don't really like this World League idea, personally. I think it's a bit half-baked. It's just why it kind of undermines the World Cup. Why, what's the point of having World League or World Cup if you have a World League every year? It seems a bit monotonous and repetitive. I don't know, maybe I'm not being imaginative enough. But to me, it just seems like a square peg for a round hole. That's just my view. So, yeah. uh, my, my kind of view on this is you get a bit 
bored of the same fixtures every year, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like obviously, obviously there are there are like rivalries, derbies, whatever you want to call them. But at the same time, you know, like Australia play New Zealand three times a year. We play New Zealand twice a year. England plays Wales, whatever it is, twice or three times a year, mm-hmm. depending. England play South Africa four times a year, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I like a, but also saying that I like a tour because, cause like now after the English game, which obviously we're going to talk about, I was incredibly frustrated that we didn't have it. We're not going to have another crack at them, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so like I like a tour as well because then you can. Like, I think a tour is very good for development of both sides. Probably better than, like, uh, one-off games. But then, how's this world going to work? What do you mean, like a test exactly? series? Yeah, I like a test series. Because yeah, uh, the okay. World League will, at the moment, they're kind of saying that sort of rugby championship's going to be a pool. And then Six Nations are going to be a pool, hey? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then sort of the winners of those are going to go into some extra kind of Playoffs kind of thing, eh? Yeah, essentially. Uh, I don't really smart that, to be honest. And isn't, there's also room for promotion relegation or something for the, the, the sort of tier two teams, isn't there? Look, I, I think that the whole thing is a bit of a red herring, to be honest, because the future of rugby is not international rugby, unfortunately. I think that that's one of the things that made rugby special up until now is that international rugby was the pinnacle. And I don't think that's necessarily true in a lot of other sports. But the, the money is pointing a very clear direction towards club rugby being the future of the sport. And I think that what we need to do is we need to try and play, we need to try and get it, get it both ways. The World Rugby League shouldn't be at an international level. It should be at a club level. We should be having um, uh, sort of uh, the consistent seasons between Northern and Southern Hemisphere. And we need to have a much more complicated and integrated system of club rugby that allows for there to be one clear club, best club in the world, right? So, Southampton's Christchurch, for example, yeah. So, but basically, we see Vodacom Cup being like a feeder tournament to the Curry Cup, Curry Cup being a feeder tournament to Super Rugby, Super Rugby being a feeder cup to this world league where the best teams from the north and south take each other on in one last kind of hurrah for who's going to be the best club in the world. We do that on, a, on an annual basis, kind of like the UEFA Champions League and kind of like the NFL, which is obviously just in the US, but they've got all the, you know, they've got 52 states or whatever it is. So the same sort of idea. And then we reserve the World Cup and international rugby for what it currently is, which is something, you know, much more precious and much more meaningful and more rare because I'm telling you now, I mean, it's, it might sound a bit stupid, but just in terms of economic theory, the more you supply someone with something, the less they value it. This is the fourth game we've played against England this year. And I valued it a hell of a lot less than the first game, because like Ben says, you value a tour. The first game of England, we were super excited because it was the first game of three. You know, we're, we're seeing strategy being played out, not just within one game of 80 minutes, but over the course of three different games. So that's much more value, valuable in that context because we hadn't played against England for the last year or two. Now that we have played against them three times in a year, the fourth game is like nothing. And it was the same with Bloody 3. It was a waste of time. It was the same with Wales-Scotland. It was the same with Ireland-Italy. Those games lost value because they'd already been played this season. 
the answer to bringing value to international rugby isn't more of it. It's fucking less of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you, you're picking low-hanging fruit and you're talking about Bledisloe 3. <laughs> we, we, all yeah, hate, we all hate Bledisloe 3. It's, easy, it's, it's so easy to bash Bledisloe 3. Bledisloe, yeah. oh, but no, but I, I think you make, you make a very interesting point. I, I think this could form a, a discussion for a, a different part entirely, like in terms of how can you structure the world calendar to do more, a more franchise system. Who knows? I, I, it's interesting. What is the future of World Rugby? Because you say we've Tests have kind of currently been the pinnacle, but long term that is likely to change, uh, one way or the other. Uh, Matt, so a quick quick point before we move on: Are you excited about the Nations League? The world, uh, what the League of Nations? Sorry, the League of Nations. I feel it was a failed institution. Yeah, the, the Nations League was <laughs> soccer. Replaced sorry, by the UN the Nations League was another, soccer. Another failed institution. Maybe that's where my mind no, is. I, sorry, I think the UN's a crock of horseshit as well. Yeah, but it's better than the League of Nations. Let's not be serious. Yeah, let's yeah. let's. It's also got a worse name. Yeah. Yeah. League of Nations. Okay, but yeah, no. Seriously, um, I sort of, I find myself agreeing with Alex. I'd much rather see a sort of, if they do a World League, do it on a more localized level. So, you know, franchises rather than actual nations. Because, yeah, I, I like the idea of an international game theory feeling special. And it taking a player like fucking eight years to get 100 caps. Not, man, I mean get like 100 caps within like four years that's ridiculous yeah um i think we should have an episode where we all draw up our own proposal for a world club league and then we argue about it that's not good i've actually got one in the back pocket that phil came up with (laughs) well that's 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 phil's one alex so you come up with the alex one and then we can talk can I see? Out of curiosity, in this world, out of curiosity, because Europe already does that because they've almost got the European Cup. Yeah. Out of curiosity, does the European Cup then fall away in this world where we have a World League? This is your choice, Matt. You you have uh, to think about this. No, no, because the 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 Champions Cup or the Heineken Cup, whatever, that's their equivalent of Super Rugby. I suppose because it's yeah, it's but okay, never mind. I'm I'm off to the drawing board. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> right, let's just quickly move on. Last piece of news, just um, to type of said me of Charlie from Sunny in Philadelphia for Matt trying to figure out the Super League. Will Who is Pepe Sauce? With Wallabies in Wales ahead of the three test tour of Wales, Italy, and England this month. Pilot and I have been playing for Leicester in the English Premiership after the last feature for the Wallabies against Argentina. In the Gold Coast, Jet Holloway and Brandon Piango Mosa will now return to Australia following an intensive training camp in uh, Ottawa, Japan, where the Wallabies will be based ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Next year, Aysen Asarani, who has been training with the squad, will travel to Europe as a development player along with your boy, Rob Valentini. Alex, whenever I think of Rob yeah. Valentini, I think of you. Nasarani yeah. will become eligible for Australia in April next year and has already been tied as a future Wallaby backer after several breeding displays, blah, blah, blah. I kind of feel like, just a quick comment on Pilot and I, they're going back to the future with him. I don't really think he adds that much value. Just personally speaking. Not a bad movie. What? Back, back to the, to the future. future. <laughs> All right. Cool. That's, uh... I yeah, look, I um, I think I said my piece on Blood and I last week already. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I I never thought he was that good when he left to justify inclusion in Europe. Like I think going to Europe is in a, like an immediate mark against someone's value. Um, it's a it's re- it's a rebuttable presumption. So we've seen with guys like Vermeulen, obviously they can still come back and be just as good, if not better. But my assumption is that a player gets worse when they go to Europe. And I don't think that he was as good 
he was good enough when he left to justify being included now over the likes of Pango Mosa, who I think actually had a very good Super Rugby yeah. campaign. So, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into this, into into the internationals. I guess let's just start off in Japan. Um, Matt, as our uh, resident Japanese sympathizer and Sunwolves backer, overall your thoughts on New Zealand ended up winning, running out. So I'm just trying to get the score here: 69, 31 winners. Yeah. yeah. But overall, your thoughts of how the game went? Look, immediately Japan had New Zealand on the back foot by going up seven three against them. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, if Lightning had struck at that point, and I would have been so happy that Japan somehow has a win against New Zealand, um, even if God intervened himself. Um, but yeah, I I watched the highlights. I didn't watch the whole game, you know, because I think Ben's going to get into this now. Now, how SuperSport didn't get the rights for this, and you had yeah. to stream it off All Blacks TV, and I was I didn't. Do, yeah, do I just beach. didn't bother getting up to do. It. No, I didn't get to the beach yet. I hadn't left yet. I still actually could have much done. Watch this if I got out of bed in time. But yeah, um, the tries I saw I liked from both sides. Yeah. And I think Japan, because I mean, the previous game was like a loss of like 54-7. So, mm-hmm. to, to, so it's a, I call it an improvement, a net improvement. Yeah, okay. no, definitely. Um, I just look, looking at the highlights. I just uh, it does make me laugh. Um, it's Japan with their tribes. You got charged down. It was Jordy. Yeah, Jordy Barrett. Yeah. Oh, that first. That yeah. First try. And oh. the uh, yeah. and the Japanese five. Uh, who is it looking yeah. for this over here? Yeah. Uh, so Mela and Nessie, isn't it? Yeah. He just like uh, Soma pushes Jordy Barrett. He's like, no, you're not getting to the ball. He just literally much yeah. plants him into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Jordy's not a small guy either. No, yeah. and he just pushes him out of the way. Uh, that did make yeah. it But I think it's one of the one of their last no, not their last try. Their second last try, I think. Uh, Henry's try as well. It's a gorgeous sort of wing try off a little chip kick across the field. That was Shane, was, and Richie Mo just like falls on his. What I liked about it is like afterwards the sportsmanship. Richie Mo just falls all over Henry's feet. Obviously takes like a tug to the yeah, midsection. Henry doesn't celebrate. Immediately like picks up picks, up, yeah. picks up Richie and like says no sorry sorry I really apologize. You just check this sea of red and white shirts just <laughs> slam into Henry. Yes. Congratulate yeah, him. Yeah, it was good. Like I, um, of, I think the highlights make that an excellent game to watch if you just watch the highlights. Yeah, because like, uh, even, yeah. even the All Blacks played some some of their tries were quite silky. Uh, like Lau Mark is just barely. I've just seen your little chip kick. Yeah, oh, that's pretty sweet. Whoops! And he was, was like, great. Oh, uh, it looked like Lau Mappy ran right. Um, he had a good game. Bashing. He, he, he scored tries, but he actually didn't. Um, he was just on the end of a lot of good moves. Like I'd, I'd like yeah. that's just what I saw from the highlights. You know, sometimes yeah. a player scores a lot of tries and you actually, like, did this. He didn't seem to have as much, if from the highlights at least. So, yeah. because of also, uh, Alex's boy, George Bridge. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big George Bridge fan too, actually. I think he's very underrated. <laughs> so. well, you know, he's, he scored with his first ever touch of international rugby. That's quite cool. Yeah. And, and, and the he's best sensor in the universe got a try, which is good, Matt Proctor. Uh, with his first cap, he got to try it as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm back in love with George Bridge, guys. His hair's growing out. Yeah, yeah. No, when or he just George. Yeah, because uh, yeah. in in the Metro Cup final against Auckland, I saw he had short hair, and yeah, he ran out to the lead. Distasteful. I don't, I don't like wings with short hair. No, no, I don't How quickly has his hair grown though? Because that game was like 
not even well, two weeks ago. But you can tell it's not his natural. Got, he, like short hair just uh, does not. Even even him. even his last he, try. He got it's great. He got a he got a weave. <laughs> he got a weave. <laughs> <laughs> Playing in a weave. Um, oh, oh, oh that, that last dash of tries was some pretty heat. Last, really. uh, quick that point: what what are we thought? What are our thoughts on the uh, new new old or black kit about going back to the future? I know there was a lot of bitching and moaning in New Zealand about how it's not that different and they just got a white collar now and. Not a white uh, collar. I, I, I can't tell all black kits apart. Yeah, like, I was I was gonna. Uh, put my hand up and say that you're asking the wrong person because I really didn't notice the difference. Uh, well, I, I haven't even seen it. Well, well, that says a lot, Alex, because you have an eagle eye. Uh, I just think <laughs> it's just, a, just the usual shameless money-making move in terms of uh, changing kits all the time. The only one I'd want for the slapping kit, for example, is to invert the MTN colors because it, just, it looks like one yeah. of these cheap like stamps. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, agreed. That, that that's they should do what um, I, AIG did with the all black kit. Exactly. Un- just, under... just a very subtle change. You could have the circle yeah. there, just just invert the colors. Yeah, uh, the I'd other say. other internationals that took place. Just looking at the scores. Oh, okay, can can we can I just say about oh, Japan? So yeah. Yes, you wanted to. Uh, yes, please. Oh, no, no, well, no. Two, two, one, I think Japan's on the up and up. Agreed. And they're yeah. playing some good rugby. And on their day, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they sculpt a proper team on this tour. Yeah. And if you are a, a betting person, I saw the odds are 25 to 1 on Japan beating England, which I think are pretty generous odds, actually, because I, I don't think they have a fair shot, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Japan mm-hmm. beat England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I also um, wanted to say something on this just before we rant about Supersport. I just, on while we're still talking about performances, I thought that Geordie Barrett was fucking terrible. I think, I'm actually quite disappointed. I think he's kind of gone backwards actually since he picked up a bit of weight. That's yeah, big time. Like, I know he's bulked up, so he's not picked up weight, he's not fat, but he's just, uh, he's bulked up. Um, so I'm not, not the biggest fan uh, of that. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to also have a moan about Supersport when we get to the South Africa-England game beyond just the game itself. They just, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very irritating. Uh, other scores? Sorry, going through here, there's us. Oh, Wales, they beat 21-10. George North, he looked good. Seems like he's come, finally coming back to some good form. Uh, Wales scored some pretty nice tries, especially off a line-out. When I saw uh, it's it's kind of what we missed. They scored a very nice try off first host ball, I think, in the second half against Scotland, uh, 21-10. Uh, over Scotland. Any any comments? I, I didn't watch the game. I, I just looked at the uh, It looked like a very standard sort of Northern Hemisphere game. They were sort of feeling each other out for the first kind of 30-odd minutes, and then it opened up relatively, I guess. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it seemed like a like a decent game, to be honest. Nothing, nothing amazing, but, you know, as we said, standard fair. This is like the 19th time they've played each other this year. Who really cares? Yeah, I didn't yeah, watch I, it, and I don't care for it. I checked the highlights. Hugh Jones fell off, fell off one. I think North's one tack, one try fell off a tackle on him, or both centers did actually. And then Hugh Jones got fended ugly for the for a later try by there. Who was the Welsh thirteen? Davies, uh, Cuthbert, Davies, no. I think. I don't know. He's but he's fucking huge and shame. He just it was like fending off a child when Hugh Jones went at him. North has such a good, like, leg pump after he gets tackled, though. Yeah. Like, you yes, think, yeah. oh, okay, cool, he's, and then he just leg drives, and he just kind of... Dri- Keeps accelerating like, out of the Unless your grip is so good, you're just going to drop him. Yeah. yeah. He's a good player. Good player also, yeah. for the sake of being sounding ignorant, um, 
this is what's not called. This game was called the WWE Cup. I know WWE is someone, but I fuck for the life of me, I'm not exactly sure who WWE is and why. Why he got a cup named after him? Um, he was like a Scottish rugby player. He's like their kind of, I don't know, their needs or their yeah, their Johnny Craven, I think. But uh, he's still alive. Yeah, but like he. He he like leg- he's like a legendary player, and I think he's got like a bit of a health thing as well. Like a I was going to say, I think it's the way they the way they talk about him in that. I swear there's a health thing, but no one actually yeah. outright I think it's says like a, it is. I think it's like just the same kind of thing as just. Okay. Cool. He has. Yeah, I just then, wanted to clarify that. Yeah, then for I myself, think one of the other games is Ireland. Uh, they played Italy um, in Chicago, uh, of all places. I think they ended up running out. What's the score here? 54-7 winners. Uh, didn't see that. I don't, I don't really have much comment uh, about that. If you guys have anything further to add. No. No. Pretty, pretty uh, stock standard. And something that I just actually watched the highlights of, uh, the New Zealand uh, Maori All Blacks. They beat the USA 59-22. Uh, was... I'm, I'm going to watch those a bit later. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, there were some yeah. cracking tries yeah. in that game. Yeah. Like... Akira ran riot. He had, he had well, a... what, 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 was that game on Supersport or were they fucking with us again? No, I don't, no, I it wasn't. don't think it was. Probably we've had two. I think this is another one of those All Blacks TV deals. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find uh, the teams. There's... Yeah, there's the Mario All Blacks, you had Isaiah Walker, Leo Era. Whoops, there you go. Uh, Regan Ware, Mitch Carpack, Ash Dixon, Ben May, Rob Thompson, Jonah Lowe. Jonah Lowe scored some hot heat tries. Sean Stevenson, Otari Black, uh, Josh Oani. Uh, I was just trying to find their team. Oh, here we are. I'm just interested to see the Mario All Blacks. Every time, every time someone says Jonalo, I feel like they hesitate. There's a syllable. Or... They want to yeah, say they... Jonalo. <laughs> exactly. They're stopping. They're cutting themselves like a syllable. <laughs> yeah. uh, just... So how is this for, for the Mario All Blacks side? Chris Eves, Ash Dixon at two as the captain. Ben May, and Isaiah Walker, Leoera, uh, Parry Parry Parkinson. Oh, jeez. Mm. Uh, Reed Princip, you started. Mitch Karpak, terrible hair. Akira at eight. Okay, I'm sorry. Mitch Karpak is Polish. How is he a Maori? Well, he's got to be in the in the mix, I assume. I don't I don't know what the selection criteria is, but he, he must be in the mix. You never know. Presumably, you have to be a Maori. Like, I, well, so I don't know. Uh, eight is Akira. Nine. Uh, are they Weber. are they like specifically Maori Maori or because I mean Damien McKenzie's as blue-eyed and as blonde hair as they come, and no, he's but, also played. But, but I, I, do you think they... Because I know there must be a... Because they say, like, yeah, he's 116th Maori or whatever. Like, at yeah. what point are you too diluted to be a Maori or black? I don't or think... I think their take on it is that, like... Once in the family, you're yeah, in the family. It's a, bit like, it's a bit like having a drop of Jewish blood on your mom's side kind of thing. Yeah. If you... you know, any, any amount is enough. Oh, Which I think carries. is a pretty good way to think about yeah. it because it's very um, inclusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no, there's no like uh, downside to making like having like there's no reason to kind of keep it exclusive, I guess. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to mention just again, Brad Weber, 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 Weber. Weber. Is it Weber? Weber. I thought it was Weber. Like Weber. Well, Weber. I don't know. Do you know what? If they, if they say. You know, if someone threw us a few bries, maybe we would yeah. say it properly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's... I, I think what I, what I really need is, is a, a reason to say Weber once or twice or three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And summer's coming. So even, even, even if yeah. you just had, had a wee bry, uh, that'd be nice. Isn't he, isn't he two Bs, though? 
Or is he 1B? No, won't be. No, he's 1B. He's the spot the same. No, you, you're, thinking, you're thinking of the the, seven, the sevens player. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Then Atari Black at 10, Regan uh, Ware. Ware? Oh, jeez, I'm going to leave that one. 12, uh, it's quite a heat back line. 12, uh, Tyrangi Walden. 13, Rob Thompson, who had a very good Super Rugby season. 14, John Alo. 15, Sean Stevenson, who's Blitz. Uh, then 16 is Robbie Abel, Ross Wright, Marcel... Uh, so I feel like it's an African name. Marcel uh, Renata... Uh, Huani Matenga, Billy Harmon, Jonathan Ruru, Josh Huani, and Matty Lounsden. Oh, that's pretty, pretty useful. Oh, that's, little, that's a Matenga Super side, right there. Who's uh, the last one? Um, sorry, give me a second. Yeah. Matthew Townsend? Matty, Matty Lansdowne. It literally says Matty Lansdowne. Matty Lansdowne? No. I'm, I'm going to Google him. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I... Alex the second say. round draft pick there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Black, guys, come on. Yeah. Uh, With the surname like Lansdowne as well. That's 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 a good well, that's a good player's I'm, surname. No, I'm yeah. sorry, if McKenzie and Carl pick on Maoris, then why can't Lansdowne be a Maori? Um two things. New Zealand essentially have three international sides operating at the moment. Yes. With um, yeah. And all those sides are pretty heat, so you know, yeah. good on them for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. And also, yeah. just one more thing on the Maori All Blacks game. The Maori All Blacks discipline was shocking. I think yeah. they got three or four yellow cards. Yeah, at, at oh, one wow. point they had two men off. That's when the. What, what, um, was, thingy... what was the score? What is the score? I don't even know what the score was. 56 uh, 20 something. 59 22. Yeah. Uh, with only 12 minutes um, on. Ooh, no, that Ash, Dix, Ash Dixon got one for, like, apparently pulling down a lineup, but I don't. Think he? I don't think it was him. And then that yeah. Perry Perry Parkinson guy is just an idiot. Like honestly, he just grabbed the scrum half in a normal tackle, then just picked him up and threw him on the ground. And the ref was like, "Well, you're a fucking idiot. Take a yellow card." And then the one prop, he was uh, just not rolling away, pulling a bit of an Otoje. Yeah. Okay. Fuck Otoje. <sighs> Fuck it. Well, there you go. That that teases up. Right, let's let's move on to uh, what will then now be commence a, a thirty minute to an hour bitching session. Hopefully, not an hour. Uh, South Africa versus England in Twickenham. Uh, South Africa somehow managed to uh, contrive to lose that game eleven twelve after a very dominant uh, first half performance. Uh, I just want to have a quick shout out at how shit Super Sports commentary is. I, I saw John Smith was going to get involved, but up after about. Five minutes, I just put it on mute. There's also, I couldn't hear the ref mic. I couldn't hear the crowd. Um, the, it was the same banal in-studio chatter as all. I think someone, I think it might have been you, you Ben, talking just about how crap our commentary is. Uh, our commentary uh, and the fare that is served up to South African viewers for what they pay for DSTV in South Africa, which is a lot, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And once we figure out the technology and also and get past rights issues so we don't get sued for broadcast infringement, we will bring you commentary one day. We just need the technology to do it. But, um, yeah, I just I, I feel like why do we get served such shitty, terrible commentary? Matthew Pierce, everything's beautiful. Uh, Hanyani Shamangi and John Smith seem to be, like, having a chat on their couch, not really thinking about mm-hmm. the viewers. It sounded hollow, and it's just a joke. It's an absolute joke, and we deserve a lot. Yeah, of but, okay, okay the, the commentary's been horseshit for a while because just, Alex and I have a theory that South Africans just generally lack a bit of personality no, yeah. or they're uh, too conservative one or the other so, yeah. yeah but it was pathetic how did we not have the ref mic how did we not have oh, the crowd noise yeah. and I, yeah. well, the, surely, it's, surely it's just one little fucking cable that some idiot just forgot to plug in and then they're like you know what let's just serve up this fucking 
of high school media production. What? Like, why don't we just get some dude in the crowd to film it on his fucking iPhone? Uh, like, that's... And even streaming. I'm, I stream at home. I watch I watch through DSTV now, and I can't... Someone just threw their phone out the window. Um, I stream through, through DSTV, and I can't switch to the English commentary. I'd rather listen to uh, the, the English commentary, which is one of, some of the most one-eyed shit you'll ever hear on a rugby field. I'd rather listen to that than listen to, to the garbage that we get served here in South Africa. But it's absolute bullshit. Um, so it just gets me upset. Yeah. It actually upsets me. We no, no, but, but and, and not just that. The the before show stuff as well oh, is just because they actually had on Supersport they had the English show it was called like uh, rag swing low pub pub uh, show or something oh yeah swing low pub show that sort of rhymes um, and it was it was like a really cool thing like so there it was like set in a bar well in like a pub and then they were talking at like different points they had really cool guests on like it was casual enough but informative enough they actually knew what they were talking about i was like this is something worth watching like i would watch the builder but at the moment i just i just switched to the rugby like a minute before kickoff to pick up the anthems then at half time i go and i have a walk around the garden or whatever and then uh it's just a crock of horse shit yeah. i don't know i think that i think that they need to i mean we've been saying this ever since like the ashwin Valimsa sort of scandal but they really need a clean house at Supersport. Yeah. And it's time, I think, to, to reset the entire thing. We need a new panel. We need new, new commentators. We need new fucking production teams. Like, the whole thing, I think, is just... It's outdated. It's stale. Everyone in, the, in those roles is just complacent because it's like it's pretty well known that it's just like a, a, a burial ground for previous, uh, previous Springboks, right? Hmm. Like, there's no way that, that guys like John Smith and... And Victor Matfield and those guys have the have that gig if it's a free like free and open process. Well, well so well, I've heard like yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. just just for the record, I'm referring only to English commentary. Uh, oh, okay. I, I don't understand, so I, I don't really. Oh, I have no clue. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard good things language. about the, the Afrikaans commentary, but yeah, I'm getting in touch with this about Twitter, and I've heard Victor's actually. Yeah. Lovely in Afrikaans, which doesn't surprise me. Afrikaans being his I've first language. I've heard Nas is great in Afrikaans as well. Yeah, like, uh, just the English guys. English commentary's cuck. I think Kosa. I think they. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, the Kosa commentary are, is widely regarded as being like, yeah, absolutely world, world class. Like yeah. they are apparently phenomenal. Like there's uh, energy, there's excitement, there's passion. English commentary, it's uh, let's have some bread and not even put any butter on it. Let's just eat dry freaking toast. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and not even, um, not even like, fr- not even fresh bread. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm looking forward to. I know this old bread. You're toasting it. Yeah. So it's not even moldy because mold is personality. <laughs> um, all right, let, let's get into uh, get into the game itself, Matt. Since you, you managed to keep your cool and enraged uh, too much, what what made you the most angry about that what made me the performance? Most... The most angry. But you're generally quite level-headed, Oak. So what made you the most angry? Yeah, well, well, yes, you know what, I, okay, I, I'm going to have to come clean now, because I think, <laughs> to, to our listeners, I was out, I didn't actually watch, I was planning on watching the game later yesterday evening, so I didn't watch it live, and after seeing everyone spewing vitriol and bile, I didn't even yeah. bother watching the game, so I've watched the highlights. How were the highlights? What? Uh, sorry, yeah, well, this what, is, this what is, highlights? Actually, what makes me the most, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what makes me the most the angry, and this is and this is a slightly meta comment. The <laughs> highlights package for England and South Africa is 
longer minute-wise than the New Zealand-Japan highlights. So I think the one was like 10 minutes and the other one was 7 minutes. And arguably, fuck all happened in the one and there was a rain of tries in the other. So like in the SA one, the for Spoon Causey's try, I saw like the five phases fucking building up to that, which were inconsequential because it was off yeah. a bit of a chip kick and aerial display. So all you needed to see was the last two or three touches to actually the, get the context of that try. Whereas pretty much all of the New Zealand and Japan tries were, were cut down to the last two touches, even if it was a team play or whatever from the middle of the line or whatever. So, But I wouldn't know because I only saw like the last two passes on all of those tries because they needed to squeeze that all into seven minutes. But at least they didn't fucking do the entire team. That also pissed me off. They did the whole team sheet breakdowns in the highlights as well. So, like, this is, uh, here's, the, here's the entire English team. Here's the entire fucking South yeah, African yeah. team. Uh, With their new Instagram for, who, is that our broadcast where they have that new, like, Instagram filter picture, like, stand up of, like, everyone of all know. the South Africans and they're all doing, like, slightly different poses? Yeah, that's yeah. what I saw in Super Sport at least. Uh, as, I, as I said, I only changed to the rugby about a minute before to avoid commentary. Yeah, uh, and I turned commentary off after a while, so I just had to listen to um, me getting angry and my wife telling me to calm down. Um, so, <laughs> oh, they, so sorry, Adam, you, your wife sounds like a, a wonderful person, but she should leave the room at that point. Like, if she's having to tell you to calm down. No, it was... It was uh, she's, uh, she's not being a supportive spouse. <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know. Um, it, was is, it was Marx's third, it was Marx's third overthrow. Uh, when I started raging, oh. and she was oh, so, so right, about, right about the fifth minute then. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Adam, so Adam just raged for seventy-seven minutes. Yeah, straight. no, I, I literally sat cross-armed on my couch, by and caught his try. That was actually heat. That was actually Aspen clinical. No, I agree. His the rest try of was it, heat. The rest of it, God. Okay, well, Alex, um, I guess we could. Well, we've mentioned marks. Um, I don't think we've mentioned marks enough. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got to mention marks a lot more because he's. World Rugby Player of the Year shortlist nominee. Yeah, yeah, you should give him his full title. Yes. World Rugby Player of the Year for 2018 nominee Malcolm Marks is a fucking piece of shit. And <laughs> I don't know what he's been doing for the last two weeks since... Uh, Jim, not even. Alex, Jim. Yeah, well, obviously he didn't stretch out for the game because his <laughs> biceps were too stiff and he couldn't fucking throw or maybe they were too loose maybe he warmed up too much um okay this is my thing we've got skulk brits in the squad as a mentor yes right he's there instead of akafana merva he's there instead of chili chili boy Rolapele. he's there instead of you know maybe an arguably better mentor such as bismarck duplessis or um adrian strauss even He's there with a very clear role that's been designated to him, at least in terms of what Rusty said to the media. I want to know. In fact, I want a log sheet. I want an hour sheet for for Skulk Brits and for <laughs> Malcolm Marx. Get get him a time card. Yes, I want to know what Skulk Brits and Malcolm Marx have been fucking doing with their time for the last week if they haven't been doing hooker shit. Because what is Skulk Brits mentoring Malcolm Marx on? That he goes on to Twickenham Field and throws fucking six or seven line-out fuck-ups. What's he been doing? What does he practice during the week? What does he work on if he's not working on his line-out throwing? Uh, how many uh, times do we have to say? Steals. 
Well, he didn't do any of those either. Yeah. He, he did nothing. What's the point of having, like, I don't mind it, right? I don't mind having the that breed of hooker where you know he's not great at set piece and he's particularly good ball in hand, good at turnovers, you know, good on defense, whatever. We, Marks didn't do shit. He didn't do a single turnover. He barely made any tackles as far as I could tell. He didn't run with the ball very much. And he fucking screwed up every single lineup that he got his hands on. He's a disgrace. I can't believe it. I want to see Bongi Mbanambi starting next week. I don't care. Um, I don't care that did- Marco Marks has been nominated for player of the year. I don't care that he's ostensibly the best hooker in the world on paper and that he had such a great Super Rugby season. You don't fuck up like that at Twickenham and get uh, get in a, a starting jersey the following week. You just don't. It's I'm curious, when did Bongi come on? Did uh, he come 74th on? Seven, yeah, 70-something yeah. 70 minutes. Jesus, like it was so he was having such a shit game and then it still... It was terrible, Matt. We were sitting there, Phil and I were screaming at the TV, bring on, uh, bring on Bongi. And I mean, you know, Bongi is not exactly like 100% success rate on, at lineouts either. He's a Stormers hooker after all. But at least he was be, he'd be better than Malcolm Marks. It was appalling. I've never seen a, dis- a display from a hooker yeah, like that. And, and the worst part about Marks staying on, look, look, um, Marks' throwing has never been 100% perfect, even through Super Rugby. Every now and then he, he like gets one wrong, which is fine. That's acceptable. But it kept doing it. And the problem was, towards the end of the game, the fact of the matter is, it, it removed an option from, I'd say Pollard. Yep. I, I kind of feel like he was more he was leading when it came to the kicking and stuff. As I know, South Africa operate more with a collective. They didn't want to kick for corner. They, 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 I know they went well, for posts and that sort of stuff. I just kind of felt like they'd been cut out as an option in their minds because they worried yeah, that, but, that he might pawn it. No, but but I'm, I've got to say the other way because when Itojo got sent off, we'd already fucked up a few lineouts. Okay. Yeah. Then we, we, had a, we had a penalty on the five meter. Mm-hmm. They're a player down in their pack. Yeah. And then we chose to have, why didn't we scrum there? Yeah. Well, we thought we could get an easy ball over there. No, but, you know, no, but, but, but it's, it's, easier, it's easier to scrum if you're a manner. No, 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 the comparative no, advantage what, everyone, is more. Everyone was saying that at the same time. Why don't we just scrum with the Toji gone? I, I don't know. Like, it's... Look, honestly, maybe they didn't think you'd screw it up that badly. Like, as I said, um, if I was Rassi, if from a strategic point of view, Rassi got it right. He, you could see his plan unfolding, especially first half, or getting over the advantage line. Um, the scrum is a fair point, but maybe they were thinking, surely he can't get it wrong again and again. Like, and it was always to Dwan Vermeulen. It was a throw to the middle to the left back. And I know in rugby 05 or rugby 08, the middle throw was always one of the easier ones, surely. So I was thinking, surely he should hit that. So I use, I use rugby 08 references for when yeah. it comes to line no, but, yeah, but, but also, I don't understand why we, why we didn't have like a sweeper at the back as well. Yeah. No, exactly. So this this is the thing is that they they were just picking us off at the back. We didn't have anyone at the back. But because if I mean, just had but, some, because Whiteley normally stands kind of at the back there as yeah. well sometimes. But Adam Adam's like, raised Adam's raised lines. a good point. Adam's raised a good point about us going to the back, right? England wasn't contesting our lineouts. No. Why no. do you throw to the back hmm. when they're not even fucking contesting you? You can throw anywhere. You can literally just like Irban can stand on his tiptoes, and you can just give him the ball. They're not contesting. Their, their tallest jumper was uh, Cruz, who's 1.95 or something, 1.99. They don't even have any locks you tip two meters. Why are we getting complicated throwing to the back where there's a margin of error inherent? Because if you overthrow, then, you know, as we saw, it's a fuck-up. There's a lottery, then who gets the ball? Just throw it in the middle. Throw it in the front. I don't get it. We did it three times in a row, and they weren't contesting our lineups. And that shows an incredibly poor game management from... I would have to say Khaleesi, who's the captain, 
but probably I mean, also we had like how many captains did we have in that fucking game we had like five captains yeah in that game. yeah uh, look i mean maybe that's the problem maybe maybe there's an argument to be made about that but i just have to assume that that Irbin's the one who's leading the lineouts right so he's making the lineout calls so between Irbin, marks as a throw and khaleesi as a captain that's a conversation that needed to take place after the first fuck up or the second fuck up and just say okay just throw to the middle marks because they're not contesting and we can get an easy setup for our mall and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. And uh, it's, that some for some reason, they just never had that conversation. And it, that was really poor. Like, I agree with you, Adam, that that um, uh, Russi... God, I almost said Hanukkah, man. Russi <laughs> didn't make a... He, there was no strategic error from Russi no, other than... Was the players. Other yeah. than how long he left Marks on for. That yeah. was a big, big mistake. Um, Leaving I, Marks on up until the 72nd minute shows a lack of faith in Bongi and shows stubbornness and... I think gives Marks way more credit than he's earned this year. Yeah, I mean, he was okay as a ball carrier, and England were quite good um, on the ground. But we didn't, we didn't we, win a lot of we, ball, but... We were fine for ball carriers, though. Like, mm. like, like England, England were fucking, like, they're useless. Like, they, their tackling was so shit, we didn't need good ball carriers. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, um, whoever, like, ball fucking whoever like you wanted to was knocking definitely. holes in them. It really didn't matter who it was, so. Mm. Yeah, I just. Think... I, wonder, I wonder if we didn't buy into our own hype. If our forwards didn't think that we could just steamroll them so easily that they didn't bother to to think about the next level player. Yeah, but we were steamrolling yeah, them, but we, we are doing nothing. We are doing nothing with that front football. That's the yeah, problem. Um, That's like I mean. DDA was almost like every run he was making four or five meters. Yeah, he but was then, good. He was our better player, yeah, our best player. But then he would. Then we would recycle, and yeah. then. Like, like straight away, we've let the English line set. We need a little offload. We need Fonseil to go so fast at the very yeah. rack. Just pop it to another forward. Just yeah. kind of like, I don't, we weren't, oh, it's going to be said a lot, but we just weren't utilizing our opportunities properly. Yeah, the, no. um. But even, just sorry, even DDA, he was making all those good meters, but I think in some ways, like, that's kind of what England wanted to. So instead of unleashing the the four by one hundred meter relay team of Creole, uh, Dianti, and Corsi and Willemsa, <laughs> yeah, we are give instead giving to the, the shot putter. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yeah, we are instead giving it to um, DDA, who was fine. He was making those meters, but that actually wasn't where we were going to score tries. We we're going to score tries out wide, but because DDA was like, "Yeah, I'm having the time of my life. I'm running over fucking what's his name, Tio." Yeah. So then he wasn't yeah, was actually. <laughs> he wasn't actually. God, he could bounce like yeah. ten times in that game. I reckon. He was so bad. Uh, well, look, two, well, two things. Just first, last thing I will say about Marks. Yeah, I well, a couple of things. Yes, should have come off sooner. Two, his throws were they weren't even close. You know, sometimes there's that fingertip stuff. They were like mm. miles above. It, so it was, I, it was yeah. an outlier. So maybe that threw them I, I, off the I, set. I, I was sorry on a, on a bit of a. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think if you, you know, the, the five meter line, obviously, yeah, like on, on the side of the field, do you think if you just made that like 4.5 meters, anyone would notice, but it would just fuck up the opposition hooker? Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, yeah. or you make it like five and a half meters and everything's just falling short. Yeah. Can I, can I point something else out? So, oh, well, uh, yeah, and it's like some of the, some, some of the line-out throws were... Oh, sorry, you went done. Okay, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I'm done with the, done with the line-out throws, so you can elaborate. It's just the... Um, yeah. About DDA, I mean, we'll get on to all this stuff. I mean, he was getting across the gain line, 
But do you know how many times we coughed up the ball in the first 45 minutes? Yes, we on the, the errors, the handling errors. We Jesus ten Christ. times. England, I think, yeah. maybe had two, three knock-ons at most. We coughed up the ball so often in the first half when we were all over them when we would have likely scored two or three more phases down the road. That was also the one point I wanted to make as well. So we were yeah. our own worst enemy. But yeah, Mark's... Boy, I mean, we had yeah, Khaleesi anyway. dropped the ball cold at the bottom of a mall that was going pretty well. Mm. Um, Eben dropped the ball cold while he was just you know, doing a normal line run. It wasn't even anything fancy. He just fucked it up. But on the on the line-outs, um, so yes, a lot of the throws were miles off target. But I actually thought a lot of them were on target, just so terribly mistimed. timed. Yeah, yeah, mistimed. And I think I thought that the back jumper was missing his timing. And you know the back jumper was nine times out of ten. Why? Dwayne, Dwayne Fumulin, who's only just joined the squad for the first time. Mm. And I'm thinking that there's a communication problem there that is inherent in the fact that Dwayne is playing out of position and not, he wasn't with us for the rugby championship and Marks wasn't with us for the England tour. So this is the first time that the two of them have played together, I think, ever. Maybe, no, they must have played together the last No, year. no, but, but your, point, just they, your, point, your point still stands, though, because Peter Stiffy yeah. Toy was playing, that, was playing in that seven jersey uh, during, yeah. during uh, the rest of the season. So he's been the guy who's been receiving that yeah. ball. So, no, that's, yeah. I think that's a very fair point. From, from, from a because, honestly, standpoint. like, Marks, we, we, we make a big meal out of this. Oh, Marks is not a line-out hooker. Marks is not a, he's not, we've always known that. Marks is not a set-piece hooker. That's not his vibe. You know, it's, he brings other things to the table. I call bullshit on that. Because in Super Rugby, Marks, is, Marks this year was, I think, the best line-out uh, thrower in the game in Super Rugby, if not the second or third. So, clearly there's a systems error, right? Because he can do it for the Lions. Why can't he do it for the bots? <sighs> um, I, 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 no, I guess we can move it away. But, yeah, I agree. I think maybe Marks should just... I mean, he's still a class hooker, but I think Bongi uh, deserves a chance. Uh, Matt... Prop watch and also scrum of the week watch. Uh, first of all, I'm going to call you on scrum of the week. Did you actually watch any? See any any, any scrums? That, uh... There were two in the highlights. There yeah, was the one uh, where, Thomas uh, the, yes. where the Thomas the Toy was turned inside out, and then there was the one oh, where we we got a nice tight head on them afterwards and multi penalty, as the commentators said. Yeah. So but yeah. It's, it's between those two for me. And both of them were fairly interesting. I, I think Matt, there was a pure a classic tight head though where we just mm. shoved them off the ball and hooked it and just stole it straight which yeah, that, I, that, that I always that, that didn't make that the highlights Ben so that should that have been a highlight it. fucking super yeah. sport assholes that's that was the best scrum of the week for sure um now mm. i just wanted to ask you uh, since you're an expert prop thomas the toy he was picked as you said reserve even though he's been playing tight head now for the last two years how hard is it? I think you're to... answering your own question as you've paraphrased no, it. No, but I'm just trying to get a little bit more of a technical insight because were you a loose headed or a tight head? I was a tight head. Okay, cool. How, is, it, is it easier, in theory anyway, to go from tight head to loose head? Because I know loose head to tight head is quite hard because tight head you're essentially scrumming against two people while loose head's one. Is it easier to, to revert back to the mean? So the fact that Toyo was moved, and I mean, he was. He was okay in the scrums, had one bad one. Also, I think Funcell's put in, I don't know about that, that didn't seem to go too well. But he was okay, and also uh, around, the, around, the, around the field, away from set piece, he was fine. Is it easy to make that reversion back? And the fact he played it for the first part of his career, do you think it's, it's not that much of a, of a destabilizer? I'm, I'm, I'm not making, I don't think he did badly, and look, we got turned inside out once by scrum time. But uh, yeah. I'm just interested to know. I, I don't know, look up. Uh... 
because they've been trying to, because yeah, as we pointed out, um, Anton and I discussed a couple of times, he has been playing the sort of flexible prop in Curry Cup. So when Beast goes off, he would shift to loose head while Quinny came on and tightened. So he's slowly been shifting back. But I think, yeah, they fucked him around too much with Super Rugby by putting him on a tight head. And at international level, you don't need to be a flexi prop. You should be playing the propping where you prop the entire season rather. And I think they fucked him around too much. I hope, I hope he's... I hope he just goes back to Lucid and sticks there because he can play for the box at Lucid. Yeah, he can. If he stays there. Yeah, we have five million Lucids. And Kitzloff had a good game. Malherba mm-hmm. was okay. Um, we don't really have. We don't have five million Lucids. We have five million no. tight ends. Yeah, so, so like, excuse me. It used to be the reverse yeah. a few seasons ago. Yeah, we've now got Kitzloff and Beast. Yeah. yeah. We're now playing. We, we literally our our, our Lucid cover is Detroit and uh, Trevor, and, if, and, and both of those have been. And both of them have been playing tight largely this year, and have yeah. been putting so, sort of semi shifts at Lucid for carry cup, which is nowhere near the caliber that they should be putting in Lucid shifts to play international. But, but this is this is the other thing, right? Because yeah, they've both been part time Lucies and most of the time tighties, but I haven't actually seen Tom Stewart play Lucid for the Sharks. Didn't he play tight in the carry cup finals? He played tight. He would start at tight then when. Cook- when he comes on, he shifts over to loose. Oh, uh, okay. So because he's been in, playing... Inyakani has actually been... He's been yeah, is, yeah, he's at least been starting at loose. That's the thing. So Thomas has been putting less time than Trevor as well at playing loose because Thomas yeah. has been starting at starting at three and then when Kuni, I can only scrum from one side because my neck's going to twist yeah. off if I go to the other side, yeah. has forced their hand to put Thomas de Toya at loose to... Yeah. Which is also stupid to have your flexi prop to be fucking one of your starters. Your bench prop should be your more adaptable prop. Um, anyway. Uh, ben, uh, let's just move it away from the scrums. I wanted to ask you, what did you think of the, the performance, first of all, of Warren Whiteley and then Ivan Fonsale uh, at nine? How do you think their day went? Um, Warren didn't have a... He seemed fine. He kind of did his oh. basics. He carried a bit. He... Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't the game. It wasn't a Warren Whiteley game. Let's say that. No. Like, like he needs. He needs it a bit more open. I don't. I don't. I think. He, I don't think he was quick enough to the breakdown, and his passes weren't like the Like often players were sort of taking the ball at like thigh level, or it just seemed a bit kind of to the side, or his passes weren't as crisp as I would have liked them. But fine. And, but th- this gets me because. His kicking game, I don't think was great. Huh? I was okay. Yeah, but I, it, was, it was fine. I, I thought it but, was but, okay. but I don't understand why we, why are we kicking this much to England? Like this is this is their game. Why are we trying to beat them at their own game instead of just beating them with our game? Well, I think it's like because, I, I, think I understand. It's you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not one of these people who's going to say, oh no, they shouldn't be kicking. You must run from everywhere. Obviously, that's not. That's not you can't play rugby like that realistically, especially at an international level. But I, I wanted to see us testing out their defence more from our own half. Because I do I do think we had potential and when we got when we were actually moving nicely forward, it was probably from when we started either just in their half or a little bit in our own half and we started getting the phases together because then obviously their players are back for the kick. So you you're attacking against less people and you're oh, yeah, but if I say I would give him a six and a half out of ten. 
It's over. Yeah, I thought at times when the box didn't knock the ball on and we're getting go forward ball, he was good. Um, I just uh, and a couple of times he snapped in a weird way. I kind of wish this dude passed the ball to Pollard. I feel like Pollard would have been oh, a more effective conduit. No, I, 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 I also think Marks, he fucked up Marks two. Could have tried. Sorry, Fonseo, I mm. genuinely think fucked up two tries. Because he tried to make little darts for the line and just got snagged. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And for one of them, Marks was on his outside shoulder and had a clear line to the to the, yeah. the try. Yeah, like I think he was looking for a bit of he had a bit of white line fever, so yeah. which is quite weird because normally on your debut you kind of want to touch as little ball as More possible. Well, yeah. This sort of run on debut. Yeah. But yeah, so so this is the thing. Like I think you picked up on the hypocrisy, or not, not the hypocrisy. Sorry, the schizophrenia that's inherent in Rossi's selection because. When I look at our forward pack, I think that the kicking game makes perfect sense. Even though, yes, it's England's game, I think what we want to do with these Oaks is we want to put the ball up and say to Elliot Daly and Johnny May, I fucking, I dare you to catch that ball, dude. Like, I dare you to catch this ball, and I guarantee you the second your feet touch the ground and your eyes drop down to head level again, you're going to get fucking Eben Etzebeth and Peter Steff to toy and Malcolm Marks just smashing you at chest level. And that's what we kind of did for the, you know, once in a while. But then the problem is we relying on, on those guys being able to, you know, get there in time and Ivan Van Zell being able to put up the contestable kicks. And if that doesn't work, we've got a, if you look at our back line with guys like Damien Willems, uh, fullback, that's not a, a fullback you want to select for a kicking defensive game. That's a fullback you want to select for a running game. So it's almost like we couldn't make up our minds about whether we wanted to keep the ball in hand or kick. And I think that's kind of what buried us a little bit was that we, I mean, Jesse Creel, was he even on the field? Like I, the first time I saw him was when they announced that he was moving to wing because we were bringing on Esterhaz. No, I didn't, he didn't get a lot of balls. Well, yeah, and then suddenly, well, yeah, like I could have been playing outside center for the box and it wouldn't have mattered because Damien Delinda just did everything himself. Season two, season two. <laughs> Season two of our reality show. Alex, Alex at outside center. Oh, the park. Okay, guys, guys, I, I, I came up with a great hypothetical. Okay. Yeah. Do you think Japan could beat the All Blacks if the All Blacks weren't wearing boots? <laughs> I don't. Which All Blacks? This, this this week's team no, or no, the normal team? Full, full, proper All Black side, but they're not wearing boots, and Japan have boots. Oh God, they'd get. very similar lines. It's um, in an F. Uh, what is it? Uh, New Zealand rugby in a bid to make make it more competitive, playing against the All Blacks is now a national lottery, and they pull a random name out of a hat to join the All Black team for the day. Today's recipient, Brett Cameron. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted. We might as well just talk about uh, the decision that uh, Angus Gardner made at the end. I know. Oh, I know... So, so sorry, sorry. Can, can I just say one more thing about Fonse? <laughs> No, fuck, Ben, you're killing me here, Drew. I'm trying to... Uh, yes, fine. Yes, whatever. Uh, okay. End, end of the first half. 
end of the first half, Fonseil tried to kick some sort of little territory-finding touch thing, Twice. and England just caught it and kicked it out, and that was the end of the first. Like, that's that's a lack of game awareness. Yeah, Bad 100%. Fonseil. 100%, yeah. Yeah, he did it twice. Yeah. The first time they tried to kick it out and they missed the touch as well. So we had a second bite of the cherry and then he kicked it away again. Yeah, and inexperience uh, as yeah. well, which which in a way goes down to maybe Rassi not giving people time. Uh, okay, just just quickly talk about uh, Andrew Gardner. This and, dude. Yeah. Uh, again, first of all, I don't think he had a terrible game. I read um, a Super Sport article about Gavin Rich where he said he, he pretty much called Gardner incompetent, which I think is a load of crap. I thought he made a fine game, but the decision at the end was it was terrible. And but my third caveat is it should never have been that close. We should have put them away. Yeah, the, so, yeah look, it was a crap decision. It was wrong could, in my personal could, opinion. Yeah. He didn't have a bad game, but yeah. the box should have put it out of sight. So I don't know what way that leaves us. But geez, man, how could you not? How could you not call that? That's uh, can we can we can we make an official pod ruling um, that our official pod stance is that yes. you can't blame you can't blame an 80 minute result on a 79th minute decision. No, definitely. No, I agree. Fuck, I hate... It's a, I think it's uh, guy, South guy, African should, should syndrome. We, should we fill out form 14C and apply to have the game replayed? <laughs> no. No, because, no, I mean, I'll like, we, we we were so bad the whole game. We were so bad the whole game. We we, we had our chance to, to draw ahead with Pollard's um, kicker goal that he missed, which I, I felt sorry for him because I thought it was... Yeah, under the circumstances, that's a miss, but it's it's not a bad miss, and nah, like I can I can understand missing under those conditions. But like, if 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 Gardner had awarded a penalty to England at the 80th minute for them to get for them to win the game, and they did it, I'd be I'd be like inconsolably furious, right? But the fact that he didn't award one to us for us to win it is like, well, you know, we I think someone on the group said on on Facebook, I think it was Yandy Mini said. We didn't get a bailout, but that's what it was. It would have been a bailout. It wouldn't have been like we weren't entitled to that. It would have been like a lucky break for us if we gotten that. Because I mean, under normal circumstances, Farrell wouldn't have made that tackle anyway, right? Yeah. So mm. we can't rely on that. We can't be like, okay, hey guys, let's go out there and, and keep it close until the 79th minute, and then Andre, you're going to draw a high tackle from Owen Farrell, and we'll win the game. <laughs> break on ten. You know, like it, that's not that wasn't our game plan. So we can't pretend like we got screwed out of our you game. Sure. Plan. <laughs> well, I'm not sure of anything anymore, but I'm, yeah, I'm assuming. Well, no, but, but this this is kind of the thing. Even if that had been given a penalty and we'd kicked it over, I don't think the tone of this the discussion we've just had would be any different. The box played uh, shit. Yeah. It was terrible. No, we would have. I think our yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not like, like we would suddenly be like, oh fucking hell, like yeah, we will yeah. beat us. Like fourth, fourth come on, world. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, just just for all of you out there, the official pod stance on Gardner in the game is uh, Angus Gardner didn't cost South Africa the game. He is a fine referee. South Africa cost South Africa the game, but it was a shit decision. <laughs> we can, it wasn't. It was an appalling decision. Yeah. I actually, so before we just, uh, I know we're going to do a little bit more of this. I think that Gardner was okay. I don't think he was great. I think that there were two areas that I thought I thought it was fine, but like there were two areas that I thought he was bad at, um, and it's it's actually quite difficult to judge because as someone pointed out earlier, we didn't have the ref mic, so I really don't know how well he was communicating. Um, I thought he didn't referee the lineouts very well because there were it seemed like there were a lot of skew throws, and he didn't call them, yeah. and uh, from the Springboks as well. Like I thought we had one or two skew throws, and there was definitely one from England that was it was caught with the yeah, outside like- hand. Yeah. And he didn't call it, so that was bad, I think. Then the other thing was the scrums, which again, like, not against us, 
there was one scrum where Kitchoff's knee went down, and then he got back up and got a really good push on, and we actually got a scrum penalty out of it. Mm. And I was, I wasn't sure about that because I don't really back myself on the scrum laws, but I, my feeling was that as soon as Kitchoff's knee went down, that should have been a penalty to England. Yes. Um, so that wasn't great. And then I want to fucking call out Jerome Garces, who was the touch judge, because 100%. The England, where well, there was an England player who caught the ball with his foot out, like like a full a full fifty centimeters out of the field of play, and he ran back in field and kept playing. And Garcia's was like, "Play on!" And I, they never showed the replay, but I'm convinced that he stood out while he caught the ball. Um, but other than that, it was fun up until the last minute decision. There was obviously a howler, um, and I think, like I said on Twitter, basically that Owen Farrell made the tackle that 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 Romain Poit thought he saw Bismarck make on. On, on, <laughs> on Dan Carter all those years ago and Bismarck's tackle on Dan Carter was the one that Agus Gardner thought he saw Owen Farrell make last night so if we could somehow break the space-time continuum between the two games we actually have two pretty good refereeing decisions I think yeah, uh, let me put it this way my overall feeling of, of the game was it's how I felt exactly the same way I felt after um, the 2011 quarterfinal okay, look at, um, I know Bryce Lawrence had to retire from refereeing and he had terrible performance but the box had well more than enough of the ball to win the game. I felt the same way. Yeah, the referee, maybe. In this case, he only had one real shocker, while Lawrence had many. But uh, the feeling for me was still the same. South Africa should have won the game based on the own merits. So you don't want to leave it up to the referee. Um, that, that's Jerry, my final comment on that one. Can can Farrell be cited for that now? Oh, yeah. Because yes. it's been addressed. Okay. So he can still be cited even though it's been addressed in the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think you, can, you should hold your breath. Yeah. Is a bullshit. Because I, I, when I saw it, I was like, that's flirting with a red card. Yeah, well, that's what some people were saying. They were like, into the neck. Like, yeah, it, it was high. It was high. Like, and there's people are saying on Twitter, like, the only way that you can argue that isn't worthy of a yellow card is if you argue that it's worthy of a red card. Because yeah. it actually was pretty bad. All right, look, we, yeah, we've, we've spoken quite a bit um, about the negatives. Just maybe talk a bit about the positives. Uh, I thought DDA was excellent, actually. Um, yeah. It was probably one of his best games in the box shirt uh, for ages, um, weirdly enough. So kind of finding the sort of form that takes you back to 2015. Damien Willemser, uh, look, I know he overcooked one kick, but I think he's definitely a viable option at 15. Also, his step, Laka, Subiru, of course, he was excellent uh, in a way. I didn't mind him being pulled off because he'd had a big shift. Yeah, and he hasn't, he hasn't been around for that uh, long. I think, I, think he, I think he had a bit of a niggle, right? Oh, is it okay? Yeah, but I thought it was fair uh, that he had a big game. Dante was okay. He was solid, menacing. Uh, I think our defense, our defensive system is that umbrella, uh, that rush-up umbrella. So that's God, our defensive, system, our defensive system is terrifying as a fan, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're permanently living on the edge. It's like, oh, like, oh, like it, it seems to sort of work, but... My God, when the guy, when he pops and they throw the pass over him, I'm like, oh my God, like, but yeah. they seem to have actually figured it out. Like, they allocate well, like, yeah. the cross, the cross cover defense comes around and stuff. And I think it works better with Vili, because I think he's, he's really good at that sweeper role to cover the outside man. Um, but no, like, it was good. I, 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 I like it in a way. I think it's, it shows a bit of balls. And... It's just like saying that, saying that our defense was, our defense was really good, actually. We didn't consider oh, yeah, well, try. It was pretty good. And, we, and in, the first, only, in the first half, we only missed one tackle. And they and they only came close to scoring basically once, where Brad Shields just cocked up. 
Yeah. That yeah. was the only time there was a realistic threat. So. Brad Shields is so overrated. Um, other, other positives uh, for you guys? From, but as I said, strategy, I think Rusty's plan was sound. Uh, his players didn't execute. And then from a, from a player, yeah. player performance, Dwan was okay. Dwayne, I keep, I keep saying Dwan. Uh, I don't think he was, he was okay. great. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I... Yeah, no, was, I'm not shooting on him, but like, I, I just feel like we didn't really see much of him. And well, Whiteley was doing a lot of the stuff that he's supposed to be doing because Whiteley was playing 8th man. And I really wonder how much of it was down to, like, the being out of position stuff. Um, or, you know, just joining the team for the first time stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't great, I don't think. I saw stats now. Peter Steff, uh, speaking of Dwayne, uh, Dwayne, Dwan, I like, now you've got me fucked up, Adam. Catching uh, <laughs> speaking of Dwayne, Peter Steff got the most tackles. I think it was six, uh, of 12 or 16. Did. He's got the most tackles, and he's also got the second most carries. One of them's 12, the other one's 16. Yeah, I can't remember no, which way Peter, around. Peter Steff was, was so industrious last night. And like, he's, God, I just wish we had more players like him. He's so... Like, his work ethic is totally unrivaled. And, well, I mean, when, 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 him and Most, when him and Moss did play together, you yeah. can basically... The rest of your forward pack can just be flair players because yeah. they do so much work, so... I reckon yeah. if you just tied like a, a plow to each one of them, then one, once the game was over, you could sow a good agricultural crop. <laughs> True. You could feed the people um, of, of the Twickenham region for a whole month. Just on player performance, our forwards played well in certain aspects, but not in others. Like I don't think they were they were carrying well, but I don't think their their continuity and the breakdowns weren't super quick. Obviously, Fonseo has to take some responsibility for that. And then obviously England have to take some credit for that for slowing down the ball. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I just think the forwards did some things very well, but other in other areas they lacked a bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't feel very. So I mean, like we 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 spoke about the errors. I don't know. I don't think we've made as much of a deal about that as we should have actually, because I think we got caught up in the the last minute decision and like a couple of other things. But I think our forwards were complacent i think that they had their minds on the end result too too early they like the number of, of dropped balls amongst the forwards in that first half was incredible like when when a went off and we didn't go like 10 points up i i couldn't believe what i was seeing like I've, i don't think i've ever seen a team be that what's the opposite of clinical i know clumsy or unclinical because they just they couldn't execute like the, the execution clinical, was just nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> all right, look, any... Look, it's... Uh, I think we've raged. We're, we're, I'm tired, yeah. tired from raging. Any any final comments? Um, final, fired, sorry. Any final comments uh, before before we wrap up just about the SA England game? Well, I guess looking towards next week, maybe changes uh, you'd make. Yeah, let me ask... Yeah, I was going to say, like, what what changes would you guys make? Uh, I've only got one, two Bongi. changes that I would... I'd bring in Bongi. Uh, Faf yeah. will be back. Uh, I'd bring back Faf. Why was Faf not allowed to play? Because the fucker was in the stands. It's, out, it's outside of the test window. Yeah. Yeah, but that's bullshit. I mean, if he's then he shouldn't actually be at the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> he shouldn't be sitting in the. I, I was thinking about that myself. The test window doesn't apply to watching that's, rugby, it, man. Just, yeah, no, no. Watch at home then, don't. Because I mean, fuck. To be within ten meters of the fucking field. 
Like a that's restraining order. But, but the, the, the thing is, the, the club also wants to minimize risk, though. Mm. Because oh, obviously, every every minute of rugby faff plays, there's a higher chance he'll get injured and not be able to yeah. play for wasps. <laughs> so, no, like, no, so like, but then yeah. the club should make him watch it like the pub that they watch, because where the rest of the wasps <laughs> are playing or whatever. You say it's salt uh, yeah, it's salt in the that's more the it's more salt in the wound than anything else. Just having the fucker there, like ten yeah, meters away, beaming. Yeah. The the two shots I because they showed him like twice in the fucking highlights and he's beaming. He he's is so happy the, and living next to John Well, Ross. yeah, because because he knows this place isn't be, being contested for. Because so yeah, yeah, he was fucking yeah, around. it was great. He was probably thinking about what his next his next contract offer is going to be. Yeah, you know, he's probably thinking of a nice little Smeg sponsorship after they drop marks. <laughs> double header, double win. Urban will be out, so Archie will come yeah, in. Yeah, okay, so will be, come in. Actually, uh, sorry, before we, I was going to say I wouldn't bring in, I wouldn't bring Fuff back in. Um, I would have Fuff on the bench. I would start Papier. Yeah. Who's it? It's France, eh? France. Yeah. Because I, I'm sorry, this, this we, bullshit has to, has to stop. I. We cannot go to a World Cup as underprepared in the scrum halves as we were for this game. I don't want to be going in saying, "Well, we've got a we've got a rookie scrum half who hasn't played much rugby." It's fine at this point; like it's not obviously ideal, but we can't be doing that in a year's time. That's just it's unacceptable. So I would say Faf Faf cannot start a game this end of year tour for me, and neither can Vili. That's my well, opinion. Not happy about it though. I think. That we can not start them for France and maybe start them for Wales. The only team I'd play them against would be Ireland because that would feel like actual World Cup preparation for a semi-final. Yeah. Alex, Wales. but you've got to pick the team that we are playing against. Yeah, well, I don't want to. Alex is super excited for this, this fixture we've got against Ireland in the future. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I, I hate this inventory. What a waste of time. Matt, Matt yeah. Ben, just final changes uh, before, before we sign off. Oh, is looking ahead to next week. Uh, oh, we'll do. Yo, um, I'm a I'm a fan of if you fuck up, fix up. So I would only make the injury and force changes. Put the same team out there, being like, listen, you guys did not do well, but you know where you fucked up. You know where, what you have to work on. So go there against France and fix those mistakes. You know yeah. what? I agree with you because this is a team that actually does do well with sort of introspection and looking in on themselves. I mean, they played horse shit against Australia in Australia. Mm. And then the same team, largely the same team ran out against New Zealand and beat New Zealand. So <laughs> I think I think it's uh, they, they're a team that that does do well. You don't need to throw the baby out of the bathwater. They can look at their mistakes and fix it. I still think marks should be dropped. Yeah. No, 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 fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Drop marks, and then I would just swap Fansale and Papier, or uh, drop yeah. Fansale and put Faf on the bench. Have Papier starting. If I was if I was Rossi, I'd I'd go. I'd be in I'd be in Marx's hotel room this morning, probably or tomorrow morning. Um, I'd probably do that anyway because he's a good-looking guy. But <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd wake him up Adam's with a bag with a bag of of rugby balls, and <laughs> so this is getting more and more fan erotica. Um, <laughs> but basically, I'd drag him I'd drag him out to the field, and I'd take one of the locks with me or something, and or just one of the the assistant, the, coaches. The assistant coaches, and I'd say, when you can hit, he said, you're not leaving this field until you can hit twenty in a row. 
and call me as soon as you can think you can do it, and I'm going to come and see if you can do it. And if you can't do it, you're not playing next week. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, all he needs to do is give him that that paper plate on a pole and just say, yeah, hit this bad boy and call me. Call me when you can do when you can do 20 out of 20. Then call me and then you can play next week. But until then, you, you're on the bench because that's unacceptable. Oh, good show. And I don't want to okay. I don't want to see you out of those smeg parties yeah. either. Uh, Matt, just final final word from you. Any changes before we wrap up? No, like, nothing that I haven't said already. But yeah, I think I agree with the whole hook and scrum off, keep the rest. Oh, I would I would fly up uh, Jean Luc Dupree as Eben replacement. Depends, but yeah, yeah that depends. That's not that serious. Eben is. Yeah, Eben, I mean, he's missing this game. He's most probably going to be back for the next one. So then it's not worth flying someone up. Yeah, actually, yeah. South Africa doesn't have a lot of money. If Jean Luc yeah, can so. fly himself over, if he has air miles or something, that would be great. Well, he's yeah, for so. the Curry Cup. I'm sure he can afford it. Um, well, what do you get for winning the Curry Cup? A Chris 5-5? Five five? Yeah. yeah. You get, don't dad, you get like a... can pay for it. No. Doesn't um, you get a little silver, little tankard or something? You can probably pour in that for a oh, yeah, You get yeah. like a little beer mug thing, don't you? Yeah, sell yeah. it on eBay. Exactly. I'll buy it, but not for the price of a ticket to England. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, there we go, Ben. <laughs> all right, that's, well, maybe that's... someone else. Like, All you need is two, is two people who are interested to push the price up. I'd, I'd only pay about 150 rand for that, so I don't. I think we need more than two people. Uh, I, I would pay 800 rand for that. Could you? Yeah, it's quite a cool little beer. I guess probably like pewter or something. <laughs> like I reckon, I reckon a blank one you'd probably pay about 254. And then with the added like curry cup winners thing, yeah, 800. I think's a good price. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want you, some sort of. You're overpaying for engraving, then. Like, I think you just need to go to like a church store sometime and get a beer mug, and then you can go to your local engraver and just get it done for like 200 bucks. Because yeah, I don't yeah, paperwork but... with it, sort of verifying that it's got it's John Luke's one and all that, so like a serial number and all sorts of shit. Yeah, I, I would have to. Jean Luc, uh, if you're listening, send me some photos of the mug, and then we can talk price. Because I want to yeah. see how how unique it actually is. We can meet. We can meet up at the petrol station to have a look. Okay, that's no, he, that's gonna wrap it up, Alex. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the curtain down. Oh, there. Aren't we gonna do us? Are we gonna do Super Brew? There, there's some great games though, Adam. Okay, we'll do Super Brew. Someone had to remind <laughs> me. Are we even doing Super Brew? I guess. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You would know I that if you were here last week. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry about that. My life has been a bit upside down. So. The, 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 this, this first one's a cracker. It's going to get Alex so excited. I'm on my account, Alex. Uh, no, no. Russia, Namibia. Oh, in Russia. Russia. Where, yeah. where in Russia? No, it's, it's, yeah, it's Kransodar. Kuban Stadium. Krasnodar. That sounds like something out of Skyrim. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Namibia. Well, Namibia, yeah, fuck, Namibia, obviously. Namibia by, by, shit, I don't know if Tien Skotze is playing. He's quite handy well, is, with the, it, the kicking team. Is Voss playing? Voss, that's Tien Skotze, yeah, I don't know if he's playing. Because he's a good, he's a good kicker. Um... Let's say Namibia by by five. Let's keep it in between the penalty oh, win and but, try to win. But I'm gonna say, what if it's fucking properly like? Where, what if Krasnodar is like in Siberia? The, yeah, uh, the cold won't matter too much because it does get cold there in the Namib Desert. But if it's okay. if it's snowing, if it's snowing, it is a problem. 
Like, then there's an issue. If it's snowing, like, if there's yeah, precipitation... Well, I'm going to make this pick, but I'm not going to lock my own pick, just in case. I'm going to have to Google cross the yeah, dot yeah, to see how the weather's yeah, I'm checking. I'm, I'm, I've put it on mine as well. I'm going I'm to amend later. Yeah, I've <laughs> not opened up our account. Um, we got all the default picks except South Africa, so that's fine. Uh, get Italy, Georgia. Who? Italy versus Georgia. Italy, Georgia. Uh, Georgia, Georgia to win this? Yeah, I'd Georgia, put, Georgia, I'd Georgia yeah. Georgia. I want Georgia to win. Yeah, let's say Georgia. By seven? 15. They're going to smash it. Okay, no kicking, it. just five, just okay. by three tries. Okay. I put nine. Put nine. Uh, okay. Scotland, Fiji? Scotland. Scotland. No, they'll do better. Scotland, yeah. I'll just put 13. Ooh. Ooh. Scotland ooh. In New Zealand versus England. Ah, uh, then New Zealand are going to pump them, eh? Hey? Do, do, do you want to... I want them to pump it so yeah. badly. New Zealand by 40. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, let's do that. Do, do, England are a shit do, 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 do you want to do you want a fact about this game? Yeah. So when yeah. tickets first went on sale for this game, it was obviously when England were like on their 18 match winning run or whatever they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so the, the tickets for this game were the most expensive tickets ever sold for like a like an end of year tour fixture, and now. Who gives a shit? Because all those people paid all that money just to watch England get nailed by New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Wales, hey. Australia. Ooh. Oh. That's a nice <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> copying you, Ben. Um, <laughs> oof, I want to say Wales. The Battle of the. F- I back Wales. Well, I, I hate like Wales. Three, but like two, you know, sort of shit. It'll be close as always. Can we just pick a draw? Can we pick one of our? Can we pick one of our customary draws? Hmm. Let's pick a draw. draw. Who wins? Who wins this game? Not rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, USA versus Samoa. Uh, I don't know who's playing for either team these days. I just have Samoa. But if it's yeah, I think Samoa should win. I want Samoa to win. Yeah. Mm, me too. Uh, Ireland versus Argentina. Ireland. Ireland, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's Ireland. I don't think it, I think it'll be Ireland, but I don't think it'll be by as much as we think. Huge margin, yeah. It'll be like within a try or something ridiculous. Oh, uh, then of course, um, us versus France. At the start of France. Remember, remember um, uh, one of our listeners, Pietri Fancel, did the maths, mm. and for us. We need to, we need to actually throw this game, actually. So keep marks on, keep Ivan on, and we need to throw this game because I think it's the only team that played France and lost and played France in the year before the World Cup and beat them in the beat them is Australia, who went on to win the World Cup. Every other team that played them within 12 months lost. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand was New Zealand won the last two times without playing them at all. So that uh, fucks up the that's stat. A loop, that's a loophole, though. Yeah, yeah that fucks up the stat. So, yeah, when it comes to actually playing France, you have to lose against them before the World Cup. So I think we need to throw this game. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't help us here. So, you, so you're saying you're gonna we're gonna lose? We we no, have we have win. no choice. We have to lose. Yeah, Adam, Adam, I'd be happier if we lose, but at the same time, it's always nice to talk about a winning box side. So I'm, oh, I I'm, I'm just going to put France by seven due to this cockamamie theory that we're doing it for the World Cup next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Can I ask you guys, if, if we had Jabba Breg Vadza this last weekend, would we have beaten England? Yeah. Yes, because in his highlight Jabba, track, I'm sorry, Jabba destroys a four ball, yeah. Jabba nails a four ball, like he fucking loves like it. Like his highlights package before, before Super Rugby was just him just fucking, just like Bowden Barreting, like between the legs, line up passes. Exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry, as you were. Are we done? Is that the last game? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the last game. So, so, so we are done. Um, Alex, thank you. Should we do a Super Brew? How many of these games are going to be on Super Sport? I don't know. Maybe the South African game, they're going to push. Uh, luckily, I have French TV as well, so I can pick it up on French TV. I'll let you guys know what happens. Yeah. Maybe, um, we, maybe they'll have a Supreme Rocket. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> definitely not Namibia, not, Russia. Um, okay, they, how can they not have Namibia, Russia? <laughs> like, literally, they sell DSTV to people in Namibia. Alex, thanks, um, thanks for joining us, Alex. Namibia, Russia, Super Sport Thanks for joining us, Alex. It was a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Thank, thanks, thanks. Thank you for joining us, Ben. Yeah, Adam. Thanks. God, yes, it's you guys. <coughs> I go away for a what week. What about me? And it's like... Yo, Do I'm, I not get thanked? No, you're going to get thanked now. Thank for being no, you're going to get thanked now. I'm just like, I go away for a week, and guys have zero discipline. Uh, Matt, thanks. Thanks for joining. It's a pleasure. <laughs> are, we, are we still broadcasting? Yeah, we're, yeah we're still recording. We're still recording. Oh, so we're live on air. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Guys, you, you didn't high. answer my hypothetical. Could New Zealand beat Japan if New Zealand didn't have boots on? Yes. 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 That's how half of them grew up. Like, Bodhi never played with boots when he was a kid. He just played in the cold, hard... Okay. That's, that's going to wrap it up. If you have been listening, thank you for listening. You can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Acast on the web. And we will be back next week, hopefully talking about the box inevitable victory at the World Cup next year after we lose to France. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>